Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. My name is Eric Thomas, and I am the host of the show. The show is brought to you by Rival Digital, which is a full-service digital marketing agency for residential HVAC contractors. Today, we're joined by Mark Morales from Absolute Comfort Heating and Air Conditioning out of California. Mark, how are you doing? Good, brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your afternoon to join me on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. So Mark, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about your company. Okay. Uh, like you said, my name is Mark Morales. I am located out of uh, Southern California, uh, basically Costa Mesa, Newport area, which is about 60 miles southwest of the city of Los Angeles. Uh, in beautiful Orange County, California. And uh, my business has been around uh, for the last four years. Um, and we basically do residential service and replacement. And maybe about 10% commercial. But that's basically the gist of our business. So does your service area span all the way up to uh, LA? Or do you just stay down there? No, I, I only run a 15 square mile radius from end to end so from my office in either direction north south east west uh that's our area and believe it or not there's enough people in that area to uh keep us busy and the other 250 ac contractors that are in my area so it's 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 a pretty densely populated area so So. there's there's a lot of competition for you out there like uh southern california and there's a huge uh, it's a huge market. I think uh, I was just talking to one of my vendors and he says there's about 3000 contractors in LA and Orange County and counties. So, you know, that's a lot. It's a pretty yeah. densely populated. Now, that being said, they're not all residential. Some of them are commercial, some are industrial yeah. um, type businesses, um, <clears throat> but it's, it's very populated area. Yeah. So what what's the uh, like what's the population out there though like residential? Uh, well, I think in LA County it's ten million people. Okay, uh-huh. and basically when you say LA County, um, that or you say Southern California, you're looking at between uh, <clears throat> Santa Barbara almost all the way down to San Diego. So that's a huge area. So it's a very densely populated area. Yeah. So, I mean, but 10 million people, that's, that's pretty, I mean, that's a lot of people. So that makes a little bit more sense now why there's so many contractors. I mean, if there's, if there's 10 million people in, in 300, you say 300 contractors, correct? There's no, there's about 3000 contractors. Yeah. And then there's probably about 200 that are located just in Orange County uh, themselves. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of competition, (laughs) but there is a need for all that. Also, yeah, there's there's one contractor for every three thousand three hundred and thirty three people. Exactly. Wow, that's so, intense. So, so what do you do to uh, to stay ahead of the competition out there and to compete for those those jobs? Well, luckily, luckily, it, that's I mean that's the million dollar question. Um, I've been doing I've been in a trade for thirty four years. Um, this is actually my second business. The first business I had uh, doing air conditioning was basically doing uh, computer room units, Liebert units, data air units. Uh, <clears throat> and that was going fine for a while. And then I ended up selling the business and doing something else. 
before I started this. But being in the industry, I know a lot of people. So a lot of the work that I get is word of mouth. Okay. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I do is retrofits on stuff that was done wrong, whether it was a zoning system, a system that was installed wrong, either oversized or undersized, or if they're having some kind of humidity problems or, um, you know, just basically systems just not running properly. So a lot of my work is going in behind other people and fixing stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. So whether it's a, <clears throat> uh, from a real estate person, an engineer, another contractor, um, like I said, luckily for me being around as long as I have, I have a lot of fillers out there and 80% of my work is word of mouth. The other 10% is, uh, comes from Google, uh, guaranteed, uh, or just a CEO, my CEO throughout the internet. Yeah. That's so I have a pretty low uh, marketing expense, you know, lucky for me. Yeah. So how many of those uh, word of mouth uh, retrofit, retrofit jobs turn into a, an install or replacement job? Uh, you know, probably nine, eight out of 10. Really? You know, usually it starts off with a, a service call to come out and take a look at it. Uh, and I'm pretty hands-on, you know, I'm a small company, so I do hundred percent of the diagnostics. Okay. And then I have an install team that comes behind me and installs it or fix it after I fix it. But usually if, if they call me, they want to get it fixed Yeah, because they've either had other guys go out there and tell them how they can fix it or they couldn't fix it or everything's okay. Um, and, you know, there just comes to a point where they're kind of fed up and want stuff fixed. Yeah. Uh, my clientele also is, you know, I kind of have a niche market. Their average age is between 50 and 75. And they usually make average home is uh, homely income is over 150,000. So they're usually people that have the means to get stuff fixed. Yeah. That's funny that you said that that at roughly 80% of those, those repair calls or the retrofit jobs turn into replacement because I was just speaking with, uh, with some folks today on a webinar about how you'll save money. If you're marketing, you'll save money in your marketing by focusing your advertising towards repair rather than install jobs, because the average homeowner is not going to get online and shop for, you know, an $8,000 HVAC system. They're going to go and try to get it fixed. That yeah, it's very true. I, you know, most people, and you know, they're looking for someone to repair it. And um, I don't care how much money you have, you're still always going to try to save money. Um, and sometimes uh, the repair is not always the best way to go. Yeah. But you you have to be able to explain it to explain to them why they need it and the benefits they're going to have. Or you know, just a lot of times people just want you to listen, complain about the two other guys that were there and. You know, for a little empathetic about it, say, yeah, I understand, but you know, this is what it's going to take to fix it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they'll move forward. So it's a slippery slope, Yeah, but it, but it can be done. So what, what does that process look like when you get to the house for a repair call um, until or up to the point where you are 
uh, presenting the options and and showing them the either the replacement or the repair costs? Well, generally, what I do is I listen when I first get there and I introduce myself because normally it's the first time I've had contact with them or we've spoke briefly on the phone, and you know I ask them, you know you know, what's going on, explain to me the, the situation and, you know, what, what's your experience been like and, you know, what do you want, you know, and then I let them just either people are going to just dump on you and tell you everything from A to Z, um, which is most of the time what happens. And then there's sometimes some people you just kind of have to drag it out of them um, to get to find out exactly what's going on once I can get my head wrapped around what's actually going on, and this may take from 15 minutes to, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes, depending on how much people want to speak about it. Uh, then I'll actually throw my gauges on, put my temperature probes in, check the static pressure, you know, do a full analysis on the machine and see what, what it is or isn't doing. Um, you know, take a look at the square footage, the solar load, you know, the glass load, you know, depending on which way the house is facing. You know, a lot of this stuff just comes natural because I've been doing it for so long. I can kind of put it together real quick. And then once I get my full analysis of what I think it needs to take care of it, then I'll sit down and explain to them, you know, what they need to do and, you know, how much it's going to cost, you know, budget-wise. You know, I don't give them exact numbers. I tell them this is about a budget if you want me to give you exact numbers. You know, it's going to take me a little time to work that out. And just ask them if they want to proceed or not and ask them, you know, what kind of questions they have. Because then you have a whole different load of questions like, well, are you sure it's going to work this time? We've already done it this way and, and blah, 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 blah. And you explain to them what a manual J is and your static pressure readings and your refrigerant. And I usually break it down as simple as possible. Most people understand blood pressure and most understand that you have to breathe air. Okay? Yeah. So air goes in, goes to your body, makes you feel good. So blood pressure, 80 over 120, it's good. If you have bad blood blood pressure, it's not going to work. So most homeowners don't understand that airflow and the refrigeration cycle have to be in sync. Otherwise, systems don't work. Yeah. So they, they just think that it blows air and everything's great. <laughs> they don't really care about the air conditioner that's on the side of the house that's buried behind the bushes that are overgrown and grown into the side of the condenser. Yeah. So they kind of, you know, shy away from that stuff because they haven't serviced it in 10 years. But uh, so you just kind of make them aware. Most of the time, you know, most people are willing to, if they can, uh, fix it. And if there are options to do it, I will let them know if there's cheaper options versus replacing it. But a lot of times, you know, you're trying to fix something that's been messed with, with so many times. It's just not worth it. It's better just to pull it all out and start from scratch. So. Yeah. And like I said, I do take into consideration, you know, some people may not have the budget to do it and maybe they could do partial of it, um, you know, and then do the rest of it later. But it, it just depends. Every circumstance is different. You know, no one's house is cookie cutter. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people think that an air conditioning price should be this retail and not that. But every house is a little different. Yeah. And so when you say like a, they'll, you'll do a partial, are you saying you'll do like the condenser unit first and then come back for the furnace or whatever another time or uh, just kind of fix whatever is needed at the time? Well, generally, if something is completely screwed up, I want to replace all the ductwork and the equipment and seal everything off because generally there's 
80% of the time, there's not enough return error. It's yeah. always wrong. And then the other 60% of the time, the unit's oversized. So if it was an old R22 unit, it was completely oversized. Um, so <clears throat> the ducts need to be rede redesigned. System needs to be reinstalled. Generally, if the case permits, I'll replace the equipment and then at a different date, come back and do the duct work. Um, I prefer to do both of them at the same time, but like you said, sometimes it's just, just not in their everybody's best interest. So yeah. we try to we try to work around that. And a lot of times on systems too, you have zoning systems. Okay, so you have an older zoning system, and it doesn't work because the dampers are broken or whatever, and it was either designed wrong or it's now it's so antiquated it, it doesn't work properly. It's got a bypass damper. Uh, you can't use bypass dampers in the state of California. Um, so those have to be retrofitted um, and <clears throat> redesigned. So, you know, there's a lot of variables that can go into a, a system. So yeah. uh, versus having two or three systems for, uh, say, a 3,500 square foot house, they would have one unit and then one that was owned. So it just, like I said, it's endless. It's, <laughs> you can have so yeah. many applications. So yeah. you just kind of have to, like I said, it's a case by case situation. So in a perfect world, we'd love to replace everything at the same time, but it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I heard you mention that there was a certain law in California that you have to follow. It seems like there's quite a few when it comes to heating and air for, uh, for residential, at least. What are some other laws in California that you have to work around sometimes? Well, in Southern California, uh, we have an agency called uh, AQMD and basically their air quality air quality management, okay? And they have deemed <laughs> Southern California area a low NOx area for furnaces. So all gas furnaces from, I wanna say Santa Barbara down to Orange County have to be a low NOx furnace. We're the only little piece of the United States that has to have these low NOx furnaces. Um, and uh, before, so as of this year, you can't even buy a standard 80% furnace. It has to be low NOx. And previously, five years before that, we were hit with uh, an assessment, three or $400 on the top of the furnace when you bought it because it was assessment for not being low NOx. Mm -hmm. So that's one of it. Uh, the second one is, uh, and this is just in the state of California, uh, you can't use a bypass damper on, the, um, <clears throat> on any kind of zoning system. And the reason being is we have strict uh, air loss on our ductwork. So all ductwork has to be on a new job less than 5% and anything that was previously, I think 1990, has to be less than 10%. All asbestos ductwork is uh, exempt, but they want that stuff eventually replaced. Um, also, they're pushing to get rid of all gas-fired appliances and cars by 2030 on new construction. Um, they already got rid of fireplaces. So now they're trying to get rid of gas fired furnaces. So now there's a huge push for using heat pumps. So you could go dizzy trying to figure out what is and what isn't going on with new codes in the state of California. And they yeah. change every six months to a year. So you kind of wow. have to stay on your toes. <laughs> so how do they, I mean, how do they moderate all of that? Like if something's been installed before, a law got changed. Are they are they coming after homeowners and making them 
replace it or is it just like whenever the next replacement rolls around it has to follow these new codes basically it has to follow the new codes they can't um make it retroactive so let's just say you want to install a new furnace and air conditioner in your house um <clears throat> as a good contractor you should be telling your homeowner that they need to pull permits okay and in the state of california if you pull permits you have to get a hers test now, the HERS test is going to check your duct leakage uh, to make sure it's within parameters of the state. Okay. We're also going to do a refrigerant charge on your new install to make sure that it's charged properly so it's not using too much energy. Okay. Once you get all that stuff done, which is an, another $800 on top of whatever you're paying, um, then they'll sign your permit card off and then you'll be good with this municipality and the state. So that's the only way they can uh, reinforce it. Of course, on new construction, it could be a little bit uh, tighter with that stuff. But generally, they're trying to make the contractors police uh, new installs by pulling permits, which you should do, and uh, getting the work you know signed off by the HERS rater. Um, <clears throat> so that's <clears throat> that's basically where they go by it. Now, like I said, they're also pushing key pumps. Um, and incentives to replace your gas fired furnace with heat pumps. So there are some rebates to encourage people to do that also. I think it's 1500 bucks right now to replace a gas fired furnace with a heat pump system. Oh, wow. And that's, that's from the state that they're doing that rebate or is that, that from the it, manufacturer? Uh, no, it's from the AQMD, uh, okay. which is actually a subsidiary that spot it's, you know, they work with the state of California. Yeah. That's cool though. I mean, at least they're, offering something for people to incentivize them. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it's, but it's a catch 22, uh, unfortunately with the state of California, you know, we have to buy a majority of our electricity from other States because they shut down all their nuclear power plants. Uh, and we haven't quite figured out how we're going to replace the plants that we shut down. So we pay a lot of money for electrical, uh, yeah. because we have to buy it. So because of those rebates that they offer for them to switch to the heat pumps, do you all see or have you all seen an uptick in business for heat pump installations? Uh, it just depends. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if my a lot of my competition knows that those rebates are out. Um, I've been pushing heat pumps just due to the fact that we've, we're having uh, supply chain issues just like everyone else in the United States is. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, dealing with the fact that we have those low NOx furnaces um, <clears throat> and um, there's been a shortage of air conditioners and coils. So if you get a, use an air handler with a coil already built in, you kind of take away the low NOx part and the shortage of evaporator coils. So for me personally, my business, it works out fine. Uh, yeah. I'm not quite sure about other contractors, but um, I have a very small amount of contractors that I do network with. And most of them are kind of on the same boat that I am, but not everybody else is. Yeah. So how does that work? I guess, obviously the rebate goes directly to the consumer and they pay you the full amount, or do you get like a kickback from the AQND? Uh, it, it can go two ways. Um, you could give them the immediate uh, $1,500 off the invoice. And you just have to basically state it there and put the model and serial number on it. Um, and then they have to sign the release form when they registered online that 
they got the rebate and they have to scan the document into the file and upload it. Or what happens is they put a copy of the invoice, they scan a copy of the invoice, and then the state would send them the money back. Hmm. So there's two ways of doing it. Yeah. Well, I heard you mention earlier that the other part of your business comes from the Google Guaranteed, which is, uh, I'm excited to talk about that a little bit because uh, I think that's a great way to to drum up new business for contractors. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit more. What what was that process like for you to become Google Guaranteed? It was uh, actually very simple. Um, <clears throat> I already had a Google My Business page. Um, and basically they take all the information from that. Uh, then they <clears throat> ask for your contractor's license uh, and they verify that. Uh, verify that you have um, liability insurance and then you supply them with a couple of references and then they have a third party uh, go and vet uh, your company to make sure there isn't any uh, lawsuits against you for you know poor performance or fraud or whatever and then um, once it takes about six to eight weeks uh, once that's through uh, then they say you're officially a Google guarantee person and you have a portal that you go through and you can add your logo, your business hours, you know, everything else. And then it also, <clears throat> excuse me, allows for you to, um, when you get jobs and finish them, you can send them a link to get a review to the customer hmm. and then they can send the review back. Yeah. So it works out pretty simple. Yeah. So are you running those Google uh, local service ads? Well, basically the way it works is you bid on kind of like pay-per-click. You pay so much for exposure. Okay. Uh, but the nice thing about it, you can pick the time frame you want it to run. So if you're only open between eight and four, the ads are only going to run between eight and four. They're not going to run afterwards. Okay. So you're not paying or ads that you're not going to be able to answer the phone because yeah. on the Google guarantee, it has a little phone icon and they just click on it. It immediately rings your phone and it records the whole, whole phone conversation. Okay. Hmm. So you don't want someone to call your number if no one's going to be there to pick it up. Yeah. So it behooves you to do it while you're actually physically working versus after hours. Yeah. Unless you have the capability of doing that. I don't. Yeah. How many people do you have working for you? Uh, it's, we're a small mom and pop shop. So it's myself, my helper, and two installers. So there's four of us. Okay. And I do the majority of the heavy lifting. <laughs> so you, you pretty much take care of all the stuff on the back end of the business as well as you're out in the field still? Yeah. I like, I you know, and I'm not an office person. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I'm in this trade because I yeah. like being outside doing stuff. Yeah. You know, if I'm sitting at a, table all day staring at the wall doesn't work too well for me <laughs> yeah so but uh i do use um house house call pro for my cmr and that does all our scheduling and does all our billing uh, we run credit cards through that uh so it's very easy for me to do that anywhere i don't need to be in an office to do that i can do it my ipad and my phone yeah well, if there was someone out there listening to the show who would be interested in starting their own heating and air business, what's uh, what's some advice you think you'd give them? 
Well, the, the main thing is to understand what you want to do. I mean, air conditioning is a vast industry. Uh, there's a reason why it's called heating, ventilation, and air conditioning slash refrigeration. Uh, you need to know if you're going to do commercial, residential, industrial. And then with each one of those categories, you could probably have 10 different off, offshoots of that. So I think you got to know what your market is. Um, make sure that you you have some kind of networking or some people that you can bounce ideas off of who have either been there before or have done it before. Even if it's not the exact air conditioning, maybe an electrical contractor or a framing contractor, someone that you can bounce ideas off and ask them, you know, what do you think about this? Or have you ever seen this? Or, you know, because there's just so many questions that, that come up on the business end. Um, the trade part is easy. That That's the easy part. It's, it's running the business part, uh, dealing with customers, dealing with your accountant, dealing with your insurance broker, uh, dealing with your marketing uh, person. Um, you know, it's endless. There's just so much that you don't understand that's going to bombard you. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, just make sure you have some kind of support system um, and that'll make your, your life a lot easier. I'm not going to say it's going to make it perfect, but it's going to make it a lot, lot easier to be able to ask somebody some advice. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, there are organizations that you can join um, that are HVAC related, um, you know, Zero Time 500, there's One Hour, there's Next Star. Um, there are those kind of organizations that can give you basically the support that you need. Um, but unfortunately, everything does have a cost. And, you know, you're going to be paying for that. So just yeah. everything is has to deal with money. Yeah. Are you involved in any of those organizations? Uh, I was an Airtime 500 uh, member about 10 years ago. Um, they had a lot of great information, but it, it just wasn't for me. So, yeah. you know, everything, you know, they great group of people, but uh, they just do things a little differently than, than I was doing stuff. And this is not that I didn't get any information out of it. Cause you can always get information out of anything. It's just, it wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Cool. Well, Mark, I appreciate you uh, jumping on the show with me this afternoon. Uh, it might be, I guess you're in California, so it's probably lunchtime for you. Uh, one, almost one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, Mark, I appreciate you uh, joining me on the show. If uh, there's people out there listening right now, what are some ways that they could learn more about you and your business? Uh, they could go to my website at uh, absolutehvacoc.com or they can find me on the gram at Black Belt HVAC. Um, those are the, e the easiest ways to find me. Cool. Awesome. Well, I will include those, those links and URLs in the show notes for anyone listening on the podcast uh, somewhere near in the future whenever this is published on Spotify. Um, so Mark, appreciate you being on the show with me and, uh, have a great rest of your afternoon. Awesome. Thank you very much. You do the same. All right. Bye-bye.